You can have my heart and oh, 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 take my heart, God. Take my family. Take my control. Take the things that bind up my heart and my mind and my soul, God. Take it all. Leave it at your feet today and ask you, God, to do what only you can do. So much power in a prayer of surrender. Learn the power of surrender. It's a beautiful thing. It's dangerous if you'll let him, but he'll do exactly what you ask. Thank you, band. Thank you, Chuck and Selah, the rest of you. Update on Pastor Dosik before we get started, because I know that's all what you want to know. <laughs> Last week, we had a little bit of an upset. We were back in the hospital for over a week. Those of you that maybe weren't at the week of Pentecost um, were not aware of that. Um, he is back home. However, he is still on a, an antibiotic feed at home once a day, um, trying to get some of that infection still left over from that nasty gallbladder and his body is adapting or trying to adapt and learn what do I do with fat when I ingest it now where does it go how do I digest it how much is too much fat how much is not enough fat so we're working through all of that um, but he was sure to ask the nurses before he left the hospital he just wanted to make sure that he was put on light duty and he didn't have to take out the trash or do the dishes And my mom is saying for real right now. But that is true. Um, as soon as he is through this antibiotic uh, situation, I think it's 10 to 12 days, he will begin his um, rehab and just begin getting strong. But right now he's making sure he's walking, he's trying to do things, get up and move around. And trust me, mom is making the bags so he can carry them. It's all right. It's all good. So just keep him in your prayers. But in the meantime, only believe what an honor it is to be connected to a group of people that said yes to God. I like to start every service out with an encouragement because I don't think you really know the amount of strength and authority and power that you as believers carry. And I'm not just saying this about the church wide, I'm saying this about only believe because I am a firm believer that you have the best church name in the entire world. Only believe. Every time you declare it, you speak forth the truth of what's being birthed in your heart in every service, every time you open the word, every time you're kind, every time you're compassionate, every time you love and show the place of God in someone's life, you are living the scripture. You are living your church name. And without it, you and I would not be saved. Only believe. So thank you for saying yes to Jesus, and thank you for fighting the fight of faith every single day of your life. And not just fighting, but as we learned from Pastor Bagwell on Wednesday night, winning, because this church has a champion spirit. That's who you are. Amen? Father, we just come before you today. We ask you, Lord, to be with us as we study in the word of God, God, as I share the word that I believe the Holy Spirit is bringing forth, God, I ask that you would break down religious walls. I ask that you would break away false ideologies, Father, and teach your absoluteness to us today. God, touch the heart of the sinner, Father, that they could hear, and that the sick would receive the good news and salvation today, Father, as we share this series on healing. Amen and amen. Lord, we just thank you for what you're about to do. So as you know, we are starting a new series on healing today, but I want to start with a preface or a beforehand so that every single message that you hear on healing, you will preface with this in mind. If you're joining today and you think that there's the probability of all the whys that you're asking yourself about healing are going to be answered, then I'm going to let you know that that's not the truth. And here's why. There will always be mysteries in this Bible about who God is. And if you and I could 
untangle and untie every single question in the Word of God, then we would be gods ourselves, and there would be no mystery. And you would be able to find the end of who God is. We'll never be able to find the end. We'll never have the answer to all of the whys. We're going to do the best we can to circumference all of them and put them in a nice package and put a bow on it. And I'd like to say that that's going to answer all of your whys, but it's not. It's not. And we have to be okay with that because when we're not okay with that, we're looking for a realistic answer in everything we search out and we exempt faith from the picture. I don't have an answer for why your loved one you prayed and they didn't receive healing. I don't have that answer. I can show you examples in the Bible of how they received healing and what they received. And is there a perfect formula? Is there a certain thing you need to say, a certain way you need to hold your head with an antenna like this? No, there's not. And if we try to bring the gospel down to this formula like that, we will always be lacking one needed ingredient, and that is faith. So with that being said, everything we're talking about must take faith to receive and to believe what we're speaking today. 1 Corinthians, the 13th chapter says that for today we know in part, we prophesy in part, but when that which is perfect is come, meaning when Jesus Christ returns... Then we will see in full. What is in part will be done away with. And then we will see. Today we look through a mirror or a glass dimly, it says. But one day we will see the entirety of the answer. But that's not always when we want it. Amen? So, until that day, we may still have some whys. Let's go to Genesis 2. I know that isn't what you showed up to hear. You showed up to hear the answer, and I'm going to tell you the answer. His name is Jesus. But just because you say Jesus is the answer, that doesn't facilitate your little mental why all the time. Amen? So let's start in the beginning in Genesis 2. And I want to start in the 15th verse. And it says, The Lord God took the man and put him in the garden of Eden to work it and take care of it. And the Lord God commanded the man, you are free to eat of any tree of the garden, but you must not eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. For when you eat from it, you will certainly die. Sounds pretty matter of fact, doesn't it? See, most of us know the rest of the story that Adam and Eve did eat of the knowledge the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. But when they did, immediately, immediately, death and decay began. Sickness and disease entered into man's life because of disobedience. That's where sickness and disease came from. We know this because Romans 5.12 tells us, therefore, just as sin entered into this world, Through one man, one man, that's Adam and Eve. Remember, they were union. They were one man and death through sin. What through sin? Hmm. See, we weren't dying until sin came. It was the perfect utopia. Eden, the Garden of Eden, the place of pleasure. It was a beautiful place until disobedience and sin. Then death came in. Now, immediately... Through sin, in this way, death came to all people, not just Adam and Eve, all of us. In case no one's told you, there's an expiration date on your life. I would love for all of us to be stamped on the bottom of our foot with an expiration date. Even our milk comes like that, our sour cream, but not people. We will all die one day because of Adam and Eve's action. See, we live in a fallen world now, and sickness and disease is a consequence of that sin. If you think about sickness, sickness is just a small part of death. If you're blind in one eye, one eye is dead. 
and the other one is alive. If you have a heart attack and now your heart is only pumping at 30% capacity, then you are 70% dead in your heart. Am I right? Paralyzation, if you're paralyzed, what is it? The death of a member of your body. If you cannot move your leg, that is death in your leg. It is sickness and disease is a portion of death. Here's the problem. Sickness and disease will always be here until the end of time. Always. Someone say always. Sickness and disease is not leaving until you and I are either resurrected from our dead body and taken up or the return of Christ and we're alive and we are caught up in the air and we get a new spiritual body. Now, don't ask questions like, how old am I going to be? How many wrinkles am I going to have? I don't know. I'm just telling you the Bible don't tell us that, but I'm thinking... I was really good in my 20s, like 27, 28. That would be perfect for me, but I'll take whatever I can get. Does this mean that you and I, if sickness and disease will always be here, does that mean that you and I have to be sick and diseased to die? No, that's exactly what that means. See, when you and I were given this new life, we were given new life and given more abundantly. We were given a life not just of eternity. Yes, I have been saved, so now I'm guaranteed a life with Jesus in eternity. But I was given this life on this earth and able to live it more abundantly. We're going to look through some scripture today, and I'm going to prove it to you. And I want us to be aware, open our hearts and our minds. Psalms 107.20 says that because God sent his word and healed them, wait, he rescued them from the grave. Hmm. Why didn't he just say he rescued us from the grave if we were supposed to receive healing when we got to heaven? He healed them. Yes, he healed me spiritually. Yes, he healed me emotionally. Yes, he heals me physically. All of that is included in God's healing. But he rescued me from the grave. Let's go to Isaiah 53.5. I'm laying some really strong groundwork because over the next four weeks, we're going to be talking about healing. And these are going to be very good staples to have. It says, he was pierced for our transgression. He was crushed for our iniquities. This is talking about Jesus on the cross. This was prophesied before the cross, just so you know. The punishment that brought us peace was upon him. And by his wounds, we are healed. The KJV, for some of you, I was raised on the King James Version. It says, by his stripes, we were healed. It's a past tense version because healing is ours at the cross. Healing was already purchased and the price was paid for you and I to live in our fullness. Now, if I would come in and purchase, let's go back way, 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 way long ago. And let's say that there was a child that was put up for adoption in an orphanage. But this child's medical bills must be paid for before he can be taken home. Because there was a debt that was attached to this child. And until the debt was paid, the child could not leave. Jesus went to the cross for you and I and paid the debt so that you and I could leave the orphanage. Amen. But some of us only want to accept the fact that we get to sit outside the orphanage on the steps. Now, we can sit on the steps of the orphanage for the rest of our lives. Or we can leave the orphanage step and step out and say that I have been bought and I am completely free and I'm allowed to go and do around this world what I want. Or we can live close to what was the slavery that we were kept in. And a lot of us never leave the step of the orphanage once we've been purchased. I'm here to remind you today that if what Jesus purchased on the cross was full for you and I, why are we only living in part of what we can have? 
I love that he's forgiven my sin. I think that's amazing that I'm going to heaven. But why would I think that I must live bound by sickness? There's some absolutes that you and I need to decide in our heart and mind. And in spite of some things that we see, that we hear, we have to believe that the word is true in spite of those items. That's where the faith comes in. This is what it says. There's multiple places that, that sickness can come into our lives. And I want to talk about those because I think this challenges the resoluteness of the word of God. If we truly believe that when Jesus went to the cross by his stripes or by his wounds, we were healed, then why do we sit on the orphanage steps still? I'm going to prove to you why. I think people that can be sick in their body for simply not obeying the laws of nature. For instance, I dare you, decide today that you're not going to eat or drink anything for the rest of your life. You'll die. You'll die. I don't care if you're praying for healing or not. You will die. Because the law of nature says you don't need a miracle. You don't need Jesus to heal you. You need to drink and eat. Am I right? Sometimes I think that we ignore the physical laws of our bodies. And I want to talk to you about that today. And I say this because... <clears throat> I am guilty of all of these things. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say that to you today because I believe that it's time that the body of Christ accepts a responsibility for what we need to accept responsibility for and quit blaming God for things that we have chose in our own lives. I think God gets blamed for a whole lot of stuff. You know, he gets blamed for taking people home to be with Jesus. That's what he said. They, yeah, they just took him home to be with Jesus. Well, who's they? Is that the Godhead, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit? They decided to take them all home because Jesus needed a friend? Come on. Come on, people. You, sometimes we say some things. Listen, though. We say these things, and they harm our faith. We say these things off the cuff. We just say them candidly, Ugh, like nothing. But someone hears us, and it takes root in the heart of someone next to us, and they really believe that God took someone's life. This, I'm just saying. So here it is. If you and I were to indulge ourselves with overeating, good food or bad food, do you know you can overindulge on blueberries? Do you want to know how I know? I like blueberries, but let me explain to you. If you eat too many of them, things move very quickly. Do not eat a lot at one time. I'm just letting you know. And the older you get, when things start to move, they move. You can overindulge with alcohol. You can even overindulge in working. Oh, no one wants to talk about that. No one wants to talk that being a workaholic is actually not healthy for your life and can turn into sin. What? What? Oh, we all know overeating can. We all know overdoing in alcohol can. But let me tell you something. Anything not done in moderation and you just give, become extremism in these things that you do, it can all become sin. And see, then we put ourselves or our earthly body at risk. At risk. And see, then when we put ourselves in those sinful situations of overindulging, we literally begin to open the door to the enemy. Because now we're separated from God, which is the very thing that protects us from the enemy. But see, we don't, we don't want to talk about those. But the question is, did God put that sickness on you if you were overeating, overindulging in alcohol, dealing with alcohol, drinking it like a sieve? Is that God's fault? Did he make you sick? Oh, but, well, I don't know. You know, I'm just saying I crave the things I crave. Oh, please, we all crave the things of this world, too. But we don't give in to them. And I'm talking straight up. You don't have to be overweight 
to prove that you overindulge. And I'm talking about a really sensitive subject in the church. I'm talking about a really sensitive subject. You don't have to be overweight to overindulge in things you shouldn't be eating. It was Pastor Randy talking the other week about the Holy Spirit telling him, you are to drink water. You are to drink water. It's the simple thing that when the Holy Spirit speaks to you and tells you this is not for you, this is not for you. Now we have to obey and do why? Because God knows something about our body that we don't. So here's the deal. God gets the blame for far too many things. The other question is, is if I've overindulged, if I've become an alcoholic and I've ruined my liver, can God heal me? Yes, he can. And he's waiting and he's ready and he's willing. But here's the problem. James 4, 17 hmm, says, Therefore to him to knoweth to do good and doeth it not. For him, that is sin. You mean I might have a different idea of what overeating is than Ashley? And if I'm the one that's overeating, listen, this girl right here, she's a number one team hitter for Nicole. She will look at me and she'll say, your body doesn't want that. I'm like, well, thanks for telling me what my body needs. What is she doing? She's helping me keep my temple holy, pure, strong, able, right? So that I don't find myself with a door open to a sinful nature that I have neglected, that I have become comfortable in. Let me tell you something. Chinese seven times a week is not a smart idea. If you don't want kidney stones, don't eat Chinese seven days a week. And if you are going to indulge in Chinese food, please drink a lot of water. A lot of water. Why? Because it's sodium-ridden. And sodium breaks down the body, and we know that. Yet what do we do? Overindulge in Chinese food. Hear me out. Some of you are saying, well, I never saw the word Chinese in the Bible. You're right. We didn't. But I'm speaking real things to you today that cause real sickness in our body, which gives God a really bad rap. Because now when our bodies are broken down and dilapidated, and we're not able to do the things for God that we were able, all of a sudden, God's the one on the line for it. And then we come down because our liver's damaged from the alcohol that we drank. And then he heals us. And six weeks later, we're right back drinking that garbage and walking in sin that we were before. And there's a whole story in the Bible about that. Beware. Beware. Because you clean your house out of what the devil had hold over. You clean it out and you get rid of the devil. But you don't fill the house with anything good. You don't fill the house with any spirit. You don't fill the house with any word. You don't fill the house with the goodness of God. And what happens? Oh, the enemy just looks in the windows. Yep. Looks like they ain't done anything they were supposed to. Looks like we just moved right back. Oh, wait. It looks like there's more room in there than just for me. He goes back. He gets seven devils greater than he is. Seven greater spirits. Greater, bigger, stronger. They're messier. They make a bigger. You ever seen that, uh, that insurance guy called Mayhem? And he shows up and he creates all this work and he walks out going, <laughs> like this, seven of those. So now you've got eight mayhems in your house. You thought it was hard to get rid of one. How hard do you think it'll be get rid of eight? See, you and I, once we've become accountable to something, and I hate to be the one to tell you it. I'm the one helping you become accountable to the things because the devil uses different ways to open the door to sickness, different ways. See, we need to be smart with our natural body. We need to take care of it. We need to respect it so we don't find ourselves in the place of sin, which allows an open door for sickness to come and then gives the devil an advantage in our lives. I think some of us are fighting battles that weren't ours to fight. 
We would have never had the fight had we just taken care or respected. You know, I think it's crazy that, Dave, we, we didn't talk to each other about, I didn't even know who was taking the offering, literally, until yesterday when I actually looked. But Mark 6.31 is a scripture that I think we should go to and read because it's important. And these are the red letters, which I think is even better because it's Jesus' actual words. And not that the rest of it isn't good, but I'm just saying. Here's what it says. It says, the apostles gathered around Jesus and reported to him all they had done and taught. As David was talking before, we went through the chapter, and I'm on the very last few verses, and I think this was the staff meetings of all staff meetings. I think this is where those disciples said, I'm going to tell you what, I don't know what went wrong, but Lord help us. If that happens again, you're over this and you're over this, but we cannot be operating like we were today. I think they were doing their best to just catch their tails, just like David said. But the issue was they all got together because it had been obviously a busy time. Remember, David said they set out to rest. (laughs) That's not what happened. But because so many were coming and going, they didn't even have a chance to eat. He said, this is Jesus, come with me by yourselves to a quiet place and get some rest. See, it's important for you and I, whether this was meant literally or figuratively, let's say it was literally, then you and I are to pull away from things and get rest and spend some time with Jesus. If it's figuratively, what if, listen to what the word said here. I thought this was really good. It said, come with me by yourselves and rest. What if you and I truly get this supernatural rest that our earthly body needs when we spend time with Jesus. What if when we're in that prayer time, what if when we're just spending time thinking about his word and reminding and declaring or sitting and soaking, worshiping in some music that's just edifying to our Savior, what if there's a supernatural rest that is satisfying your earthly body? See, if you and I don't take time to rest, we will become sick. And then when we're sick, who gets the rap? Did Jesus, did did God make you sick? Did God, oh, he must be teaching me something. He's teaching you to rest. Are you kidding me? Come on. Some people can't rest unless everything in their body breaks. And demands stop. That's not who you and I were. These are the red letters. This was Jesus saying, look, we haven't ate all day. It's been a crazy day and God's done amazing things through us. But sit down. Let's talk. And let's rest. Because your body needs them and you've neglected to eat. Moms, I'm speaking right to you. How many days have you forgot that it's breakfast? Have you forgot that it's lunch? And have you just sit down at supper? Yet you made the peanut butter and jelly sandwiches that went in the lunch. And you made the breakfast that the kids walked out with the rice cake and the peanut butter and the apple juice. They're walking out and eating, but you neglected to grab one for yourself. Come on, I'm talking to you. Dads, I'm talking to you workaholics that think providing is solely your only job in this world and that the amount of providing that you do is never enough. I'm talking to you. At what point does your earthly health become important? If God would have said, don't worry, we're going to keep working and I'm just going to pray for us tonight and we're all going to be healed. Is that what Mark said? Come away with me. Let's rest. It wasn't, let's pray that our bodies will be healed so we can just keep on going. Sickness comes because we neglect ourselves, 
Not all sickness. Not all sickness. Sickness can also be a judgment from God. Oh, I know, I know, I hear you all, but I'm going to read you the scripture. It's in there. Let's go to 1 Corinthians, the 11th chapter, the 27th verse. It says that when you and I take communion in an unworthy manner, in other words, you don't examine your life before you take it, and you take it and just without reflecting on your life, asking God if there's anything between you and him that he wants you to be aware of, that you should clean up, that you should repent for. You just take down the communion, take bread, well, I'm okay. But you never examine your life. Guess what? It says judgment will come. Judgment will come. Now, don't get this mixed up and say, God put sickness on me. That's not true. That's not true. Let me ask you this. If a young teenager in a really fast car zooms by the highway patrol and the highway patrol just goes after you are going 120 in a 70 mile hour zone do you believe that the highway patrolman is guilty or do you believe that young man that or woman there's some fast girls out there too I'm just going to tell you I got one that cleans for me. Do you think, I heard that, do you think that that's the highway patrolman's fault? Do you think that the highway patrolman should be the one to get the rap on that deal? Well, I can't believe it. He just gave me a ticket. That thing cost me $370 and put four points on my license. Or do you think that it was a law of this earthly kingdom. And you disobeyed the law, therefore the judgment of the law not being honored is what you got. See, there's laws of the supernatural kingdom. And the laws of the supernatural kingdom are, if you take communion in an unworthy way, he's telling you straight up front. See, this is like the rules on our kitchen refrigerator when the kids were little. If you lie, this is what's going to happen to you. If you bite your sister, this is what's going to happen to you. It, we had a biter. We had a pincher. We had a hair puller. We had them all. But I'm just saying, these are what's going to happen. Is that because I didn't love my children? It was because I was correcting my children and teaching them these are laws of being kind. And if you pull your sister's hair or you bite her, you're going to get a whooping. We don't bite. With some of our children, by the way, we had to carry the spanking stick with us to the church nursery when they decided to bite, pinch, pull hair. It's crazy. But children test the limits. Here's the issue. This is why the Bible says that many of you are weak and sick in your bodies. And you have fallen asleep. That's a whole nother message for another day. But God's telling us that if we don't walk by the word, if we don't examine ourselves before communion and just take it in an unworthy manner, that judgments will come. And he specifically says, listen, nevertheless, we are being corrected so that we will not be judged by the world. And when the world is judged, he's looking to save you from that judgment. That if you'll just examine yourself, let the Holy Spirit speak to you, these judgments won't come upon you. So sickness can be a judgment from God. This is why one of those times, if I have sickness in my body, my parents taught me that one of the very first things you do is begin to search and say, Lord, is there something that I've done that has allowed the enemy to come into my life? What is the origin of this sickness? Have I neglected my healthy body? Have I been working too hard? Have I been living with too much stress? Because there's an answer for that. Cast your cares upon him, right? Trust in him and lean not to your own understanding. See, there's an answer for everything. Have I been toiling? And trying to work from sun up to sundown to make enough money. When God says, 
I will provide. Give me a faithful amount of service. Get a job that works for 40 hours a week and then come home and rest and spend time with your family and see, tithe and watch if I don't open the windows heaven and pour out a blessing that you cannot contain. See, there's answers to provision. There's answer to anxiety. But we have to work the laws of the kingdom. What is the origin of the sickness? And have we allowed the enemy a foothold in our life? And of course, we all know, we all know that the author of sickness is the enemy. John 10.10 tells us that he come to steal, kill, and destroy. You want to know who decides when a child is taken? It isn't God needing another angel for heaven with wings. It is the enemy who set out an assault from the gates of hell to steal that child and every purpose that's within him before his time. And the only hope that we have is knowing that that child is with Jesus and that when you and I live our lives accordingly, that we too, on resurrection day or when Jesus returns and if we're in the grave, that we will raise out of that, that we've lived a life that was pleasing to the Lord, that we hear, well done, good and faithful servant, and we will see those that we love. That is the only guarantee that you and I have. Death is coming to each and every one of us, but it is not brought by God. It is the thief that comes only, it says only, only to steal, kill, and destroy. But the rest of that scripture says, but I have come, I have come that you might have life. And for those of you King Jamesers, I, I grew up on this one, and have it more abundantly, more abundantly. He wants us to thrive in it. See, on the Sabbath day, when we look at the scriptures in Luke, the 13th chapter, I want you to go there. We'll turn here today too. It says, on the Sabbath, Jesus was teaching in one of the synagogues and a woman was there who had been crippled by a spirit. Someone say, by a spirit for 18 years. She was bent over and could not straighten up at all. And when Jesus saw her, he called her forward and said to her, woman, you are set free from your infirmity. Then he put his hands on her and immediately she straightened up and began to praise God. Now you can't question that that was the spirit of God that put that upon her. And I'm going to prove to you why. Because the next scriptures that we're going to go through, this was a direct attack from Satan. The spirit had crippled her for 18 years. And as we learned in the scripture before, God came to give us life and more abundantly. But it was the devil that came to harm us. Let's get this out of the way. God does not want his sons or daughters sick. He does not want us sick. He wants us healed. He wants us work, walking in not just physical, emotional, mental, financial. And let me just say this. I think it's far time that we as a church and a society and a culture removes the boundaries from mental illness, removes this stigma from these other diseases. See, people can go to the doctor all day for a heart problem, all day for a heart problem. But if you go to a doctor that needs to help you understand why you're processing the things that you process, oh, that's of the devil. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm not just saying you need to go to any doctor. You need to go to a God, spirit-filled doctor that can help you unlock the things that you're struggling with in your mind. Trauma comes. People are hurt and damaged along the way. And I'm going to tell you, spiritual counseling is one thing, but your pastors are here to counsel you through the word of God. And if we have prayed the prayer of faith and we are standing and believing for a manifestation and that manifestation has not come yet, which in the future weeks we're going to get to because Abraham waited an awful long time for a manifestation. And sometimes we need a little bit of help in the waiting. And that doesn't make us weak. That doesn't make you weak. If you had a heart attack and you need a heart 
evaluation and some medicine and you need some exercise to help with your heart to strengthen it, you're going to do that, right? Then why is it wrong if we do something mental? Healing is the same to Jesus. It doesn't matter whether it's sickness in your body, whether you're dead. Hear me, Jairus, we have the scripture in the Bible. Jairus said, my daughter's sick, come quickly. She's near death. Jesus says, okay, let's go. He goes in the middle, he gets held up, starts making some other miracles happen here and there. And Jairus is like, I'm sure he's like, come on, Jesus. Jesus wasn't in a hurry, you know why? Because healing was nothing different than raising someone from the dead. Healing is healing, whether I heal a partially dead person or a completely dead person. It doesn't matter because I say yes to it all. Sometimes we put God in a box and we think because of the type of sickness, it's harder for God to do. It's not. It's all the same to him. Now, there are different processes through different demonic spirits in the Bible which are here and present, and we will walk through some of those. But I'm here to remind you that God doesn't care. John 14, 9 says, anyone who has seen me, this is Jesus speaking, anyone who has seen Jesus has seen God. God sent Jesus so that he could be God with us on this earth. So everything Jesus did in the New Testament is God's will. Remember, Jesus said, I come to do the will of my Father. Did anyone ever see Jesus put a sickness on anyone? Did anyone ever see Jesus treat anyone bad? Did he kill anyone? Did he steal from anyone? Did he destroy anyone's life? Then stop saying Jesus sent sickness to you. Quit making him pay the price that people truly believe that God is a evil God one minute and good the next minute. The New Testament is a new covenant of who God is to you and I today. It is a covenant of grace. The Old Testament was a covenant of law. And if you didn't keep the law, there was judgment for not keeping the law. But now there's a better way. Not designed by man, designed by God for you and I because he loves us. Healing is not hard for God because it's who he is. He is the God that healeth thee. He is the God that healeth me. Say it. He is the God that healeth me. He is the God that heals me. You've got to believe it and you've got to take off these false ideas of what past determinations with other people you have seen. I don't know why. I don't know why. But what I do know is the written word of God is true and it shall not lie. I do know that he says the devil is bad and that he is good. And I believe that which the word of God has said. And there comes a day in a line, that day in time that you and I as a believer must draw a line in the sand and say, devil, you are bad and God is good. All the time. I have more, but due to time, we're not going to go there because I am using self-control. In Matthew, the fourth chapter, the 23rd and 24th verse, it says this. And I'm going to end with this, and I'm going to pick up when we start this message again, because I'm not sure what we're going to do for Father's Day yet. It says, 23rd verse, Jesus went throughout Galilee, teaching in the synagogue. That just means church. Teaching in their churches. Proclaiming the good news of the kingdom and healing every disease and sickness among the people. News about him spread all over Syria, and people brought to him all who were ill with various diseases, those suffering with severe pain, whether brought on by themselves or not. 
demon-possessed, those having seizures, and the paralyzed, and he healed them. Today, I want to clear up God's reputation. For those of you that listen to Taylor Swift, there's a reputation tour. God has a better reputation than what we give him credit for. And he doesn't have to take on every time we don't have the answer why. We just blame it on him. Well, how about we just blame it on the evil one? How about we just blame it on something natural? How about we stop blaming it on a supernatural God that sent his son to the cross for you and I to prove that he loves us and that you and I are worthy to receive healing? Amen. Stand to your feet. Over the next few weeks, we're going to teach that it is God's will to heal. We're going to prove it in Scripture. We're going to teach you how to, what happens when healing comes. You know, healing comes, sometimes we're healed, and then five, seven weeks later, it's gone. As fast as it came, it's like it's gone. What happened? Well, I don't have all the answers, but I got some Scripture. And we have to begin to work these things out. But I want to encourage you. Your faith is trying to be defined by everything that you see and you hear that God does or he doesn't do. Be sure that what you believe God is doing is actual truth. Be sure that you're not just a hearer and going, oh yeah, 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 no. No, don't do that. Because you allow the seed of the enemy to come and sit in your heart and that seed grows weeds of doubt and unbelief. And that's not what you want. And then when you get to a point in your life that you need a miracle, you've got all these weeds and all these tears and all these weeds in there in your faith life that gotta be ripped out and torn out. Protect your seed of faith. Protect the faith in you that you know that God is the healer. His word is absolute. Doesn't matter what you've seen other people receive or not. Some people get tired in well-doing and they just give up. And they stop fighting for the healing that they once were so strong about pursuing and laying a hold of. See, we're a now generation. We like drive-throughs. We want it fast, we want it now, and we want it our way. And sometimes when God doesn't respond the way we think he should respond or as quick as we think he should respond in the natural though in the spiritual he said yes and healing is yours but there might be a fight ahead of you that has to get to it patience is having her perfect work root those things out this week root them out so that we can become a family of believers that really believes what the word says about our Savior and about God. He means us good, right? If you're sick in your body today and you've grabbed a hold of the word and you want prayer and you believe today is my day, then I wanna pray for you. I want you to come down to the altar and I'm gonna pray. And the prayer of healing is gonna be released and you're gonna be healed. And that's what's gonna happen. There's some of you out there that are saying, I've been prayed for before, and I didn't get the results that I thought should happen. So I'm going to sit back in my seat just a little bit longer, because I might need to hear a little bit more, because I might need to get my faith a little bit bigger. And that's okay, too. That's okay. Healing is sometimes a journey and a process, and that's okay. Because God's with us in that process. He never leaves us and never forsakes us. But we can't give up on him and forsake him. Lift your hands up to heaven. Father, we come before you today. Take our thoughts, take our hearts, take what faith we have and begin to work on us. God, just like we sang, you can have our hearts. Father, you can have our thoughts about healing. You can have all of our failures and all of our successes in the area of healing. But God, we ask you to do something special. 
We're asking you to define our faith. Make us the church. Make us the people that truly believe again in your healing power. Father, in spite of what the world has said, in spite of the whys and the unanswered questions that we have, God, let faith arise in our hearts again as we read the written word and see that you went about church to church preaching the good news and healing all those that were sick. Father, we believe in you. We believe in your word. Father, help us protect our faith. Help us protect our seed. And over these next weeks, God, lead us through this healing journey, God, that we would begin to root out things in our heart that have taken deep roots. And Father, begin to reroot us, reroot us in faith and love and hope. Father, for we believe in you. And God, if we've blamed you, we're sorry. Please forgive us. We don't want to blame you for something that isn't yours to own. Father, and if we have done things to our bodies that are not healthy, we've not rested, we've overworked, we've overate. God, we've just been careless. God, we repent. We turn from our actions. Help us. Change our desires of our taste buds. Change our thought patterns about food. Help us to live a life that is truly consecrated to you. Help us be content. Show us you're the provider. Father, we receive these things in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Don't forget if you are sick in your bodies, maybe you're here today and you don't know Jesus. You know, when Jesus went to the churches, he proclaimed the good news and healed them. This is the good news. But the good news is that we all are going to have a day where we choose an eternity to live with Jesus or without. See, we all have sin in our life and we're all in need of a Savior. Some of us have said yes to the Savior. Some of us have not. If that's you today, you're here in this house. Maybe you've fallen away from Christ and you want to come back home. We're here for you. Maybe you've never said yes to Jesus, but you feel him drawing and pulling on your heart today. If that's you, we want to be your church family. We want to help you. We want to love you right where you are. You don't have to be perfect. None of us are. We just serve a perfect God who makes all things new. He took everything that was broken inside of us, everything that was shameful and sinful, and rewrote it and gave us a new way. If that's you and you're here, simply raise your hand. Simply raise your hand and say, Pastor Nicole, I want this Jesus that you're talking of. I want to know the healer. I want to know the one who can heal me and remove these sins and give me a spiritual new life. If that's you and you're in the house today, anyone, anyone, anybody. Okay. There'll be next week, don't worry. Same invitation will be given, just with different words, but the same Holy Spirit drawing on your heart. Father, we thank you for the work of the Lord today. And we just love these people. We send them on their way, bless them, keep them safe this week. Until next week, we'll see you then. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. If you need healing in your body, I'll be waiting and the rest of you are dismissed.